Oh, not only this week on the Pete the Planner Show do we have financial tips for you, but we also have sartorial tips for you here on the Pete the Planner Experience. Welcome back, everyone. It's good to be with you. Joined, as always, by Damian Dunn. Uh, my man, how are you, Dame? I am well. How are you? Fantastic. And the queen of turtlenecks, <laughs> Kristen Alanius. Uh, Kristen, before the show, you were sharing some turtleneck best practices with Dame and I. Sort of a weird choice of audience for you. And I thought, you know, let's open that up a little bit and have you share your turtleneck tips with our audience. So, Kristen, what have you learned about turtlenecks? Well, you're kind of overselling it. It's just the one tip. Just that, that instead of... Um, That's all you need. Instead of your... If you're a podcast listener, you're loving this. My turtleneck collar is tucked in instead of the turtleneck being flipped out. And it's just a very different look. And it looks... I like it. It looks nice. I saw it on TikTok. Okay, but you aren't saying it looks good. Your argument to Dame and I, neither really turtleneck users was that it felt better and that's, that's what we, true okay so it's dual purpose it's, it's sort of two things it looks good feels good looks good feels good <laughs> <laughs> um dame any fashion tips that you want to present today uh bald guys should not wear turtlenecks that is aesthetically alarming um for those that in the earn the note hello everybody good day danza uh dame on the show today we have the world's longest email yeah yeah First three segments, we're going to read it. Fourth segment, <laughs> we're going to answer it. We're only partially joking. It is it's it is a great email. It is long. Do you think when Chaucer emailed Canterbury Tales to his editor that the editor was like, gee, many Christmas, this is the world's longest email? Yeah, he's like, it's going to take a couple reams of paper to get this thing printed out. It's a really obscure literature joke that... Yeah that my wife would appreciate if she listened to this show. Uh, we were just talking um, prior to the show here about some interesting data that I've gathered in my life. And I want to share it with you all. Uh, I've already shared it with turtleneck queen and Dame, but um, so we're this whole crew here on the show. We are doing dry January uh, uh, Dame. Correct. Still, still going strong. Uh, Kristen still sober. It hasn't gone damp. It is. It is officially dry. Yes. Dry January. Uh, I am dry January as well. And so this year, because I have a whoop strap, whoop, whoop, um, whoop, I have a whoop strap. And so I have data about my sleep and my, my heart rate and my skin temperature, all these sorts of things. The data from January 1st on, and today is uh, Friday the 13th, uh, I don't know if I'll ever drink again. And by the way, I will probably very soon. But the data suggests that my resting heart rate has gone down nearly 20% over the last 11 days, 13 days. It's crazy. If you wouldn't have shown it to me, I would have, I would have not believed you. I, it's compelling data. You can see it. It just levels yeah. out. I, some of the other data makes sense to me, but isn't alcohol a depressant? So the fact that alcohol is raising your heart rate just feels so counterintuitive. I, I looked at it. It's true. It happened. But it just doesn't – it feels backwards in my head. Well, here, here I read something about this today because I knew you would ask. <laughs> Actually, I just read something about it, and now I'm acting <laughs> like I'm intuitive. So when you sleep, your body is incredibly, incredibly active. However, alcohol interferes with that, so it forces your heart to pump uh, faster and more to make up for the fact that alcohol is inhibiting your body working as you sleep. Hmm. And so that's, that's why. Hmm. Is that the yeah. smartest thing ever said on this show? Didn't that feel very <laughs> big? <laughs> Could have been. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, I gotta go. Uh, Jeremiah notes, uh, we, uh, answer, answering my question from 2018 today. Really hoping Pete thinks my wedding is a great idea because we're married from almost five years now. Okay, so I didn't answer your question on the air, Jeremiah. Oddly enough, didn't have time. Okay, we do have time for the world's longest question today, and we're going to start that in just a moment. Any more housekeeping here? Um, Dame, everything good in your life? Anything you want to share publicly? Uh, Aqua Duns uh, hit the pool again this weekend, so uh, uh, good luck to them. 
Oh my gosh. Well, that, that is uh, uh, good. Uh, well, can you send me some updates, please? Absolutely. The land duns are big fans of the aqua duns. Um, Kristen, anything interesting in your life? Uh, I'm playing in a Euchre tournament this weekend. God, so Midwest. Very. I got a loner. Um, <laughs> how did your last Christmas go? Not like last Christmas, like, you know, <laughs> you're going to die. But like, how did the the last one that you had, which was last Friday night go? It was good. It was really good. Um, I did get pots and pans. So my kitchen is far more equipped now than it was the week before. Fantastic. Um, I feel like I had something of note I was going to share with you all. Uh, my 13-year-old girls soccer team that I coached, and they're all turning yeah. 14 this year. Mm-hmm. We were practiced this Wednesday, training, if you will, and on the pitch, not the field. And they don't laugh at me anymore, guys. Oh, no. Like, it just occurred to me, like, after pro- doing goofy voices, because <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm myself all the time. And, like, they're just deadpanning, staring me down. And I'm like, you know... And I, I called him out. I was like, so are we not laughing here in 23? Is this the year of not laughing at me? And then they just didn't even acknowledge it. I was like, wow, this is bad for my ego. I might have to quit. <laughs> I was just going to ask, are you going to be able to continue as coach if you're not getting the feedback and the, the desired results, whether it's on the pitch or in your routine that you're you're looking for? Well, Dame, I think you've known me long enough to know that if someone doesn't laugh, am I the one to give up or am I one to take it to an absurd level until I get what I want? Yeah, it's going to go well trying to battle soon to be 14-year-olds. Exactly. Wait wait till I show up in uh, practice uh, training next Wednesday in a costume. That's what I've decided to do. (laughs) I'm going to get like a costume, a Spider-Man costume. I got to do something. I got to get the laughs. I should go as uh, uh, Ollie's Halloween costume. Oh my God, I can't. can't. (laughs) All right. Um, Thanks. Thanks for making me remember that. Um, Okay. Let's do a thing here called uh, radio. Oh, you know, it just occurred to me actually last week. I don't think that we've explained sort of what this show is. Some people get it. (laughs) Do do we know? (laughs) No, no. It's just for like, let's say there's someone new listening today, which why in the hell would anyone do? Um, this is a podcast that is is the recording of a radio show. That's just what I wanted yes. to say. Okay, yeah. We, we have a syndicated radio show. And so when we count down and we time things and we go out, it's all because I have to deliver four segments to the syndication network. One is nine minutes and 22 seconds. Another is nine minutes and 23 seconds. And then the last two segments are nine minutes and 40 seconds each. That's why that so it's a show within a show. And I I personally like the dynamic of we're gonna show you what a show looks like to be produced, and then I like the in-between stuff because we can be a, just a little looser, fa- faster and looser. <laughs> the commercial breaks, if you will. It was Jeremiah makes an, an interesting point. I don't know how he has time for all this. Uh, this is a financial improv podcast. You know what? That's not a bad description. So true. <laughs> I kind of feel that way. We did have a thing around the office a couple of days ago or yesterday, all runs together. We were trying to say, who is the funniest person at our company? Obviously, excluding <laughs> professional comedian. Who is the funniest person at our company? So, what, Kristen, who do you think? Oh, my. Um, that's tough. I, go to Dame. Go to Dame. Let me think. Okay. Dame, who do you think the funniest person in our organization is? Uh, probably Chad Force. Just because I, his his sense of humor is very similar to mine. Yeah. Chad's very funny. Chad, Chad's very funny. Uh, that was my first thought, too, was Chad, because I go all the way back to the first time I was in office for the awards. And I was just like, how do you guys get anything done? But yeah. you two were like ping-ponging off of yeah. each other. Yeah. So I, I, in fairness, Chad, I don't know if Chad's that funny on his own, but that was he was pretty funny then. I believe Molly to be the funniest person here. Like, I think she's hilarious. But yeah. I, I work with her pretty close, so I, I talk I to her say. a lot. And then Greg got some votes, too. Greg got some votes, too. That's fair. But Are Greg's you- more fun than funny. That's the thing about Greg. He's mm-hmm. not telling jokes, but he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Are, Kristen, are you more fun or funny? I'm neither, really. <laughs> yeah, I was about to Is say that an option? Yeah, I was just actually thinking about that. Neither one. Dame's a little more funny than fun. 
Um, yeah, but that's not a big bar. It's not a big bar, but he, there is some distinction. I'm definitely not fun and very funny. But Kristen, maybe you're right. Maybe you're neither funny nor fun. <laughs> I I at work, I'm I'm pretty different. I would say that if you ask someone outside of work, they would probably say more funny than fun because I just sometimes say things that are unhinged and it's usually funny. And I'm just looking up definition of uh, not funny, not fun here on uh, my my iPad dictionary. And it says, gives turtleneck tips on a podcast. <laughs> you made me do that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just just saying, girl. <laughs> Kristen, I only wear neutrals, Alanius, and her turtleneck tips. That's I think cool. someday I'm going to buy you like a salmon colored sweater. Or Don't do bl- it. Blouse. Don't do it. Do you have any blouses? <laughs> no, I'm under 30. Oh, good morning, Rick Swink. Wait, can we talk blouse? Can we do a little blouse chat? Blouse talk. Blouse talk. I don't really even know what a blouse technically blouse is. Talk. Blouse talk. Wait, Wait. that way. I'm going deep. Um, I got to go the other way. I like it better. Blouse chat. What is a blouse? Bl- how's a blouse different than a shirt? I don't know. I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. I'm a young millennial. I, it's a shirt. You know what? I'm going to regret this. Do you guys want to call Mrs. Planner on the air? Yes. No, I no, I can't. I don't want to do that, but I'm going to text her. Um, why is a blouse <laughs> called? <laughs> I, I got the really boring answer off of Google, but let's see what Mrs. Planner comes back with. Mrs. Advice, if you're watching, uh, feel free to chime in. Does a blouse have buttons? Does it have something to do with buttons? No, though, that wouldn't be right. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Is it antiquated? Okay. Love Jeremiah's comment straight to the Tinder profile voted quote, not funny, not fun at work. Oh no. Pete just messaged you and I and said their power went out. Pete's frozen. I thought he was texting. I did too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. So here's the situation. Uh, Our building was built in 1853. Really? No, uh, but it feels like it. We have... um, spotty utilities uh, occasionally and, and every once in a while we have uh, flickers of power we have uh, uh internet issues who knows um so i mean there's all sorts of uh, things maladies that, that could fall on us any given day and it looks like power has chosen to raise its head so uh kristen uh, what do you feel? Do you think uh, we should continue on with a, a question or should we let the people roll? Um, I'm concerned because Pete is the host of this stream yard. There, we're not reco- We're not going to be recording anything. Uh, it still says live and I've got the little red dot in my Chrome tab that says we're recording. I, I don't know. I may, may, Maybe we're okay. I mean, uh, he's oh. back. <laughs> Um, oh. we thought you were texting. We didn't know. <laughs> we we oh, thought hey, you were everybody. just waiting for Mrs. Planner's response. Is what I thought you were doing. I was like, well, he's dragging this out. I can't believe we're just dead air here, but whatever. <laughs> um, okay. Hi. <clears throat> so here's the thing we're getting fiber in the office today. Huh. And so there's a lot of like cables and things around. So I don't know what happened, but I will note this when the guy here doing the fiber it takes every ounce of me not to make like fiber jokes. You know, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, sure you get plenty of roughage, you know, those sorts mm-hmm. of things. Let's hope that doesn't happen again. By the way, if it does happen again, you guys are running the clocks. The recording is still happening. Oh, that's right. Um, okay. Yeah. So make sure you just finish the job. We will do our best in your stead. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's get started um, on the show. <laughs> Anyway, point is, Kristen, very simple. I'm going to buy you a salmon blouse. No. Blouse. I can't wear reds anyway, so that's no You can wear reds. I can't. I have red undertones. That's why no I wear No one neutrals. cares, Kristen. Everyone you have you ever heard? Cares. You can wear any color. 
That's all. You can wear any. Then wear a turtleneck. I'm going to call BS. <laughs> turtleneck is not a color. Wear a turtleneck. A turtleneck well, is not a color. Well, you can wear anything. <laughs> oh, I could wear a turtleneck. I would just aesthetically, I would look like something. Aesthetically, that... pinks and reds don't look good on me. Damn, what color, what color do you look bad in? <laughs> most, most colors. I look bad in f- flesh tones. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't even know anymore because I have like a very limited palette that's even hangs in my closet. But let's start the show. I think people, people are just turning this off. They're like, gee, many Christmas. I'm yeah. getting life is getting worse. Three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planet show, we answer your morning questions. <laughs> Here's how the show works. We we check our email and you email us at askpete at petetheplanner.com. By we, I mean Kristen Alanius, the director of education at your money line, and Damian Dunn, who's the vice president of advice at your money line and me, Peter Dunn, uh, rock on tour. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> hey guys. Hey Pete. Hello. <laughs> what is a rock and tour? I feel like no some clue. people oh, I'll have to look it up. Um, we have the world's longest email that we're going to be to start reading right now so that we don't go into the next block of programming on your radio station. So you got everybody good are ready to go. I'm going to skip a lot of lines here so ready. we can get it done. It's a great question. Uh, this is a question that came in via ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Hi, Pete, Damien, and Kristen. <sighs> My husband and I have been debating the best way to purchase a home. We live in a mid-sized city and want to stay in city bounds. Much like the rest of the country, housing values have risen significantly since we started looking in 2020. Our budget was originally 425000 American dollars, but now has risen to $500,000. And I'll do the math for you, everybody. That's a $75,000 difference. Or even a little more... Uh, uh, and I say a little more given that there's going to be some flexibility in this question coming soon. We currently own a home and have at least $150,000 in equity. We owe one ten, So the home is worth uh, $260,000 to $300,000. Uh, the equity would be used towards the new house. We have one kid in daycare, no other debt, and live within our means. Anytime someone says they have one kid in daycare, it makes me think, well, they have one kid in daycare and then like one they just leave in a drawer at their house. Do you ever think about that? Absolutely. <laughs> no. Okay. okay. Uh, we really want to keep our... Kristen, you don't think that? No. Okay. Shh. We got to get through this. We really want to keep our mortgage payment under $2,000 a month to feel comfortable with our budget and life expenses. Dame, are we tracking so far? I think so. Okay. Additionally, I have a mutual fund that was a nest egg started for me as a baby, currently valued around $540,000. Yes, I'm aware of my privilege. It is mine to use as I see fit. I've tapped into it only a few times. Some college expenses, a car, the down payment on my current house. I wanted to keep going on like backpack uh, to Europe, a Maserati, <laughs> the finest caviar. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it has seen some huge swings over time, given the market, uh, but has recovered all of the losses it saw in early 2022. That's actually impressive. Yeah. I am. My eyebrows are skeptical. Go ahead. Oh, is wow. that your color palette? skeptical <laughs> yep uh, we were planning on using some of it to help with the down payment of the house but here's our debate with the rise in interest rates we feel our purchasing ability has declined we want to keep our payments under that two thousand dollar a month cap of course they have right i mean we're all in alignment there right yes uh house prices that would have meant eighteen hundred dollar payments are now significantly higher because of the interest I suggested that maybe we use a larger chunk of the mutual fund along with the equity we will get from the sale of our current house to buy our house in cash. For instance, we could have a budget of $550,000 taking the house equity and the rest from the fund with no mortgage. We could pump money back into the mutual fund. If we did $1,500 a month, it would take around 17 years to get back to the current value. That is not even accounting for growth over time. It would be a lower payment than if we had a mortgage that frees up some extra money for other things, son's college, retirement, backpacking to Europe. (laughs) In my brain, 17 years to repay money to myself sounds like better than 30 years to repay money to bank with an interest. Of course, there'd be a huge tax hit for taking the money out of the fund huge we would have to pay that off using savings of the money would have spent on the mortgage for a few months but would this be a smarter decision would it be better to buy the house in cash instead of a five six or even higher percentage mortgage uh thanks for your thoughts i would prefer not the use of my name or city or making fun of backpacking trips across no they didn't put that on. okay how much time do we have left in the show none i love this question 
I love, by the way, can you hear noise in the background? The, the fiber man is over there f- putting fiber in our office. Uh, you're not going to like the answer, so let's keep going. Okay. Uh, for those listening on the air or off the air, I don't know how you would do that. I'm sorry for the noise. Not my choice. Um, Kristen, where do you, how do you begin to break this down? I, I mean, I, I think it's a very simple question dressed up in a lot of words. I would agree with that. And I think that maybe looking at the pros and the cons of the proposed plan, there are definitely pros here. A pro is that in 17 years, they've repaid their mortgage free and their kids around college age. I would presume if the kid is currently in daycare, I think that's a pretty big plus. Yeah. Dame, here's where I struggled with this. What are the what are the variables that got them to repayment in seventeen years? What rate of return and growth did they use on that money? Have, have you run it? No, a, a better show would have run those numbers, but I did not run those <laughs> numbers ahead of time. Yeah, thank goodness, because I was going to feel inadequate had you done that. Yeah. Um, my gut tells me that the person used below eight percent. I think it was six. I I was messing with the numbers this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it might have been maybe eight minus they maybe factored in a little bit of inflation. I don't know how they got to that, but I think it was probably about six. Maybe, you know, maybe the best way to actually answer this question is to go a route we typically don't go. But it's it's to say, and I'll just put it to you directly and then I'll do it myself when you guys are done. But what would you do? <laughs> we try not to do that because it's it's not always that clean. Uh, Dame, I'm going to start with you, the senior member of our team. Oh, man. What would you do if it were you? This is a really challenging scenario if it was if I was in that shoe, in their shoes because having just a pile of cash sitting there to be used for whatever you want uh, would stress me out. Uh, am I using it the right way? Am I not? I, the first thing I would do is ascribe a specific goal to at least a portion of that. Make it, um, you know, put a fence around it. If if that situation comes up, I use it. If not, it's uh, there for retirement or whatever in the future. So I would look at the rest of everything that I've got going on. Am I on track for retirement? Am I on track for everything else? Uh, and then how much of that money do I have left to use for housing? And if it's there, I probably use it. All right. So you were saying you you would use the money for the down payment after if, I made sure I had all my other bases covered. Other than that, then I just get a mortgage and, and do it the old fashioned way. But so but but the person's question was, do they just <clears throat> take the whole thing and pay and pay cash for the house? Would you pay cash for the house? Only if all my other goals are taken care of. Okay. Kristen, what would you do? No way. I I disagree with Dame on this one. I first I would come all the way back to what I think is the true question and if we need to do all of this fancy accounting where we take money from here, pay these taxes there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, do I really need to move? And I know that people hate that question. I hate that question, but do you really have to? And if the answer is yes, I think what I would do is I would take some money out of the mutual fund or I wouldn't take more money out of the mutual fund. I would put the equity down. If I needed to supplement a little bit of cash, I would supplement it monthly out of the mutual fund. And then I would refinance when interest rates were hopefully better than they are now. Man, we've got a minute left. (laughs) But here's the thing. I agree with Kristen 1000%. I would barely touch it for the down payment barely this is going to turn into two million dollars in 17 years if you leave it alone two million dollars if you leave it alone and if if you say oh well we don't our house outright oh cool an illiquid asset that has no assigned growth rate to it like then you have to borrow from it to have it make sense 0% 0% chance I would liquidate an asset. I would absolutely uh, let it affect your buying decision, which is no one wants to hear. Then I would refinance that sucker in about three or four years when interest rates come down and I would change it to a 15-year mortgage. I mean, this is a million-dollar mistake, multi-million dollar mistake if you do it the wrong way. I will be more dramatic about this after the break right here 
on the Beat the Planner show. Like, how loud is it? Not I only heard it that one time after you, yep. you pointed it out. It's fine. I'm sort of silently seething. Uh, my heart's beating faster. Clearly, oh. I haven't had any booze. <laughs> what whoop is going to have a field day with you. Actually, let's check my heart rate right now. Let's do that and see. I don't think I did a very good job of explaining my... Uh, Clearly, you had a terrible answer. What? Why? How did you come up with that? No, because I'm a lot closer to where you are. Because seventy-eight. If, listen, if my if my retirement isn't on track from where it should be, I'm fencing that money off. It's not in the consideration. If I want to make sure that I've got a good chunk of my kids' college paid for, which I would, I'm not touching that. I am going to be lopping off huge chunks of money that I would not have access to. For this specific purpose, I would not. There's no way I'd be able to pay for this whole thing in cash. I would be able to access some of it for a down payment, though. Okay. So, first, the person does not make much mention of retirement other than a phrase that says that frees up some extra money for other things, son's college account, retirement. So, they would use supplemental money to put more money towards retirement, tells me that retirement's not taken care of. I think we missed. This is like good content for the second segment. <laughs> okay, well, let's just stop. Well, let's shut up. Okay. Okay. Sorry, your turtleneck got me distracted. It's turned in instead of out. Yeah. And so it just it, it captures the eye. It's because I can breathe. Oh, that's good. Uh, in three, two. Oh, not ready. <laughs> stop it. It's the turtleneck. It's so distracting, Kristen. Be a it's professional. Neutral. Let's just have like better neck hygiene, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. That's what J.O. meant. That is what J.O. meant. J.O. texted me last week. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Did I did I say something wrong? I'm like, no, I'm just a, no. I'm just a jack uh, fella. <laughs> okay, uh, let's. Uh, I'm trying to time up the segment here. In three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, uh, answering the world's longest email question. Here's the essence. A person has $540,000 in a mutual fund. Uh, they just sold a home and want to buy another home. And they want to know, should they pay cash for the new home since interest rates are higher? Uh, and then they could just rebuild the mutual fund. It would take 17 years to get back to even. And that's sort of where we paused. We thought Dame said, go ahead. Good idea. And then during the break, he said, no, that's not what I said. But we think he said, he said that because Kristen and I actually gave good answers, which were um, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, it was no. No was your answer. Yeah. We said no. Dame said yes if you've taken care of everything else. And then we talked about it during the break. And then Kristen said, Peter, shut your lips. Let's talk about this on the air. And yeah. so Kristen, what point were you going to make that you made me stop talking about it during the break? Um, yeah. You really misquoted both Dame and I there <laughs> in your summary. That's my job. That is my <laughs> job. I was going to say that something that I think we overlooked that pushed me to the decision that I made is that in the description of the mutual fund, the emailer said that they've used, they've tapped into the mutual fund for other big purchases. Behaviorally, that really concerns me because if you've used this kind of as your intermediate savings account as you've gone, maybe they've put more money into it along the way. I don't know. That concerns me from a behavioral perspective. Are you really going to put $1,500 every month into this account when your kid's in travel soccer in seven years? I don't know. Dame? I agree. No, my point was, is that it, maybe it was misunderstood, but I'm going to be cordoning off huge amounts of money out of this and I would only have a very small amount left for a down payment or you know additional whatever to try and get into this new house I didn't even try to imply that I would just stroke a check out of the account and buy the new house and then repay it that's anybody right. that knows me anybody that knows me know that's not how I would do things yeah it's weird because when you started answering that's what I heard and I was like wow He's either not communicating what he means or he's lost his mind. <laughs> no, the latter. I've, I've uh, uh, kept my faculties and I will stand by that. Kristen, I, I think it is a behavior question too, right? It's like, okay, mm -hmm. well, if that faucet is open, when does it, you know, when does it ever get shut off? And, and I don't know, I would have, he, hey, it's interesting. He's like, well, I can do whatever I want with the mutual fund. Awesome. Great. That that's fantastic. 
I would not do this because again, let's let's look at it. Two million dollars. That's at an eight and a half, eight eight and a half percent interest rate, or, or pardon me, rate of return. So two million dollars is what this five fifty can turn into five forty, whatever. No one cares. Uh, in seventeen years. And then if you play your cards right with refinancing in a couple of years and go into a 15-year mortgage, and I don't know their cash flow situation, they could also own the home outright mm-hmm. at that point in time. And I also want to be clear that I'm not throwing any shade at the emailer. I think that most of us would not be capable of repaying an account that someone wasn't forcing us to repay. It's I just really think that behaviorally, collectively, we are not capable of doing that. I'm not calling the emailer out. I want to make sure that that's clear. I am. No, I'm not. I'm I not. Don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I do. You're right. It, it is. It is so hard, and this person is so deeply entrenched in this situation that it's it. It, it calls for a deep breath, and it calls for an email to someone that knows what they're talking about, like. I hope we presented, we presented, we prevented a mistake, right? Um, I'm not so sure what will happen. Dame, we have seen a version of this so many times oh, yeah. over the years. This seems extreme because of the ability to stroke a check because of the mutual fund, but we see this all the time. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a, a, I just had a phone call like this this week, honestly, uh, with someone who is uh, going to be, inheriting a large sum of money and were wondering if they should, you know, basically liquidate good chunks of it to, to get rid of some debt and had to kind of talk them through the process of here's what that's going to cost you in the long run. Hey, the debt is manageable. Now I understand the desire to, to be debt free that fast, but nobody is forcing your hand right now to do that. And so there's no reason to lump other really, really big decisions in amongst the emotion of going through this big change in your life. So let's let things play out for a little while, regrip in six to 12 months, and we'll make the best decision we can at that point. You know what doesn't make sense to me, Kristen, that might be a mistake in how the person told the story is how did their portfolio recover from the beginning of 22 to the end of 22 and yet that sort of investment objective and style would lead to recouping the money in 17 years. Those two things don't make sense. First of all, I mean, maybe this is a question for Dame because he tracks the stuff, I think, closer than you and I do. Like, yeah, Dame, what sort of portfolio could recover in 2022? Uh, the kind that never went down in the first place. They were invested in Berkshire Hathaway the whole time. Oh, oh here my. we go. No, don't do this. <laughs> I would like to say Dame tried to cheat again in the again in the 2023 stock pick thing by taking Bed Bath and Beyond because it's about to go bankrupt and it went up like 15% this week so we should have <laughs> let him keep it. Should have let him. You're welcome. Oh well. Yeah, I think he's just out there telling jokes like Dame Chappelle. That was good too. Uh, to keep keep that man's <laughs> name out of your mouth. By the way, that's from uh, Molly. That's from Anyway, um what Dame, what what portfolio? Honestly, what portfolio? A mutual fund. What mutual fund? That's not even a portfolio. It's a mutual fund. What mutual fund? Mutual fund, I have no idea. I mean, you could have feasibly had a portfolio of specific equities, but you would have had to have the best stock picker in the world uh, and get lucky on top of that to be able to go through that the last couple of years and have be in complete recovery by the end of 22. If they're a low to no risk investor, like we're talking cash, cash equivalents, yeah. high, like, you know, government bonds, does that change your answer to the question? Potentially. I just don't think that's the case because they said it's fluctuated significantly over the, the uh, just, it has seen some huge swings over time given the market, but has recovered all of the losses it saw in early 2022. That seems impossible. It's either a detail that was sort of messed up because it's impossible. What's huge, Pete? I mean, I mean, d- depending on depending on the the investor type, I, you know, a, a fluctuation of five percent in your portfolio might feel like the world is ending. But if it's, you know, thirty percent now, a lot of people are going to get their the attention on that one. Interesting point. Five percent of a half million dollars is a twenty five thousand dollars swing, and twenty five thousand dollars is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the answer. 
I don't know, because here's where we've now landed. We've landed the fact that we think they have an incredibly conservative portfolio. <laughs> oh, wait a second. <laughs> it was a nest egg started for me as a baby. So if it's that conservative, how in the world did it grow? At Maybe five? it was only half a million to begin with. <laughs> it's grown 40,000 in 30 years. You know, I, uh, uh, Dan's a uh, Facebook Live uh, viewer and uh, former <laughs> listener of the year. She oh. brings up a really interesting point here. What? Not that I really care, but it's worth mentioning in the last minute. Here. What would what would Dave Ramsey say about this? What What is Dave Ramsey's advice here? Is Dave Ramsey? Of course, if you don't know, Dave Ramsey is a personal finance expert, much like Kristen. Uh, and and right, well, Kristen, in the sense that you guys are both big deals. Um. They disagree on about everything, but they're both big deals. Um, he, he's like, well, n no, you don't go into debt. So he would take the mutual fund, right? Would Is that what Dave Ramsey would say? Take the mutual fund. I don't know in this case if he would or not, because he's he's okay with, uh, I think, 15-year mortgages, but he is very, very anti-debt. I, I think he I would say know. use the mutual fund. I think he would too. I don't know. Boy, this show just turned into us speculating about what people on other shows would say. That's good. We may have jumped the shark. All right. Coming up after the break, how do you choose a financial advisor? Popular question in the inbox this week. So we'll talk about it right here on the Pete the Planner show. Dame Ramsey, what would you do? <laughs> Go take a ride in my pickup truck. With, never mind. I don't do it. Nope. Um, so what do you think the real story on the email is? I, 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 I'm with you. I think it could be a really conservative investor. And that's the thinking. That's why the 17, it took 17 years. I think that could be true. I still don't know if behaviorally, if I would be comfortable with them taking such a large chunk out. Because we also it totally ignore the fact that we're talking about 15% taxes more than likely on whatever they're taking out and that either come has to come out of what they're taking from the account or they have to come off cash to do it. I don't like either one of those things. You're exactly right. All right. Um, okay. Did you chicken out of your proposed topic or? Well, no, I mean, we've got these other ones. Okay. Uh, Jeremiah notes, Dave would say, don't buy the house until all the other debts are paid to use mutual funds to clear the debt. And then buy a 15-year note. Okay. So uh, Jason says he would not say to sell. He'd say to keep the money invested and put future earnings toward paying off the remaining debt after investing 15%. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. Can we, question. can we never speculate about that again? You know what? <laughs> I think you're right, Dame. That's on me. Appreciate you. Next segment it. is what would Susie Orman do? <laughs> WWSOD. <laughs> what would Tony Robbins do? He'd walk on hot coals and That's tell right. you to try harder. I don't, I don't know. And then he'd fly to his island. Then he'd fly to his island and I don't know. Who, knows? Who cares? Okay, let's start the segment in three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Am I. Indianapolis Business Journal column a few weeks ago talked about like just get a financial advisor. What are you doing? What are you what are you doing? Uh, and then we got a bunch of questions on it. So we got three variations of the question, and I'm going to read them all, and they'll turn into this mega question that Kristen will seamlessly answer along with Dame Ramsey. Uh, saw something online from you. Oh, I'm I'm reading the question. We hear that we. Uh, we fear that we have wasted the past 10 years of our money to learn that we have earned 2% on an overall return with our current advisor. We ask him, how is this possible? And he changed the subject, basically. <laughs> how do we know if we are safe to stay with him? 2022, we earned minus 30%, but he claims this is for everyone. Thank you for your insight. I'm going to uh, search for your podcast next. Thanks. You know what? We actually... We should. I we got to pause and, and hit this one first because this can't get lost. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, I agree that everyone lost thirty percent last year. I mean, everyone's strong. Dame, I lost at least thirty percent last year. You? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Christy. Oh, it, yeah, probably. Okay. High twenties. Um. Okay, so that's true. The last ten years to be to have earned two percent overall. 
not 2% average, 2% overall, or 2% average. What's it really matter? Not so good. That seems bad. It's not good. Dame? Yeah, I, I'm trying to come up with scenarios to try and back no. the Eliezer a little bit. No. But I, I'm, I'm going through, and I, I don't know. I mean, even if you had the worst luck with mutual funds, um, it seems unlikely that you would have averaged 2% or just 2% overall over that time period uh, with just bad picking. Maybe maybe there was an aggressive trader, and he was in and out of stuff all the time and really, really hurt him, but I, I don't know. Yeah, here's what worries me about it. Like, I don't mind if people underperform the market, but when they do, then they should have downside protection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah if you're down 30% in a year that everyone else it also is down 30% a year, then you should have enjoyed the spoils. Here, here's a possibility. You want to get awkward? No, that can't happen. <laughs> well, no, we could get awkward. I was I, What I was going to say isn't reality. I was thinking, is this an index annuity? But there would be downside protection. Downside, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which but, is the opposite of what I meant. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would, I would actually write your annual returns for the last ten years on a piece of paper, and then next to them, go and find the S and P five hundred and write the annual returns next to them, and see where the difference is. Because, because Dame, I mean, just as a starting point, not as a decision point, but as a starting point. I mean, shaking your head. It's a starting point, but what's the likelihood that that's their actual benchmark? Well, you're right. But if they're down 30% exactly. this year, then it has to be their benchmark. No, it doesn't. You could have some really crappy investments that were down over what their, their peers were and still be down 30%, even though your peers were only down 23 you you ran the data for us this week that a 60 40 60 pull it up a 60 40 portfolio in the last <laughs> 10 years you calculated this this week or last week didn't you i it was this week okay a 60 40 portfolio 60% equities 40% uh, bonds over the last 10 years has averaged what 7.7% see okay so so what's a full 100% equity portfolio at, on an S&P 500. Please I hold. Love, I love call and response <laughs> data from Dame on these podcasts. Dame uh, loves it too. 11.9. See? By the, the way, this goes back to our last question in terms of rates of return and what is acceptable. I just also have to know. Yeah. The only thing that I can think of as justification is if we had a shift in investment strategy. Were these people kind of sidelined and they were scared to be involved in the market and then they jumped in full bore in the last like two three years and that's about the only i'm trying my wheels are turning that's about the only thing i can think of yeah i mean dame doesn't okay so let's try to answer the question here shouldn't this person go get a second opinion i mean the the tough part about that i mean you should but every second opinion is always going to sell against the first opinion absolutely yeah they're kind of in a no-win situation to be honest because well wherever you go you're exactly right they're going to hear why that person was wrong and how we can fix it and do better and uh or you just stay with the horse that you rode in on force your advisor to answer the question there's no changing the subject. This is your money. This this person's being paid. You say, I want to understand my I want to understand what I'm invested in and I want to understand why I have an average two percent rate of return. There should be a reasonable answer here. Email number two. Hi Pete, your recent column in the IBJ recommends that readers get a financial advisor. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on something I heard a few years ago. <laughs> that many financial advisors are brokers who make money by selling particular high commission investments that they don't have a legal fiduciary duty to do what's best for their client. And that you should seek a non-broker dealer affiliated fiduciary instead. Having never worked with a financial advisor before, it spooked me a bit. Scott B. What do you think the B stands for? Scotty. Not uh, broker dealer. No. Um, <laughs> what, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I, I, I think it's a little over the top. Um, yeah, you want a fiduciary is is sort of how you answer this question. Uh, because the assertion that many financial advisors uh, sell particularly high commission investments isn't necessarily true. Some. I don't know about many. What do you think, Dave? I 
unfortunately, that's just kind of the reputation that the industry has uh, in in large. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. There are advisors out there who sell high commission products, uh, annuities or, or whatever else might be in the portfolio that they're trying to push that week. But there are a lot of great advisors out there. You do want a fiduciary. You could work with a, um, a certified financial planner, CFPs are bound to be fiduciaries, whether they're working in an RIA or at a broker dealer, whatever. If you run into a CFP, they are bound to be a fiduciary by their annual oath that they stand up and swear. (laughs) (laughs) Their annual oath. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you about it because there's a secret handshake. Kristen, um, Kristen, have you ever seen The Wolf of Wall Street? Yes, I have. So at the 10 minute mark of the movie, Matthew McConaughey sits down with Leonardo DiCaprio and tells him how Wall Street works. How do I know this? Because I, I thought about it last week and I, I I went to watch it and I made my wife watch it because it's the greatest. If you don't mind uh, blue humor, it's a it's a little it's it's inappropriate. A lot of oh, wow. bad language. Uh, very. Uh, the whole movie, which is why it's great. But that 10 minute mark, it, it basically says what the old reputation of Wall Street used to be to Dame's point. Right. Um I don't know. This is just a little. Uh, I don't. I just actually haven't even heard this perspective in ten years or so. I feel like the industry has really sort of cleaned it up with sort of a focus on fiduciary um, practice. I don't know, but I, I feel this person like that is a thing. It has been a thing, but go find a fiduciary and it solves the problem. Scott, there's a lot of good advisors out there. Lots. Which gets to question three, dear Pete. Thanks for the column. About needing a financial planner. I'm on board. Cool. Now, what do I do? How do I find one? Thanks, Mandy. <laughs> Dame, I mean, you're a CFP, certified financial planner. Um, and so have you went to a CFP website? Can, can you find CFPs, which is a good thing to be? Isn't that a good place to start? Yeah, you go to CFP board and uh, you type in your location and they'll give you a list of all the CFPs who have said, hey, I'm, I'm open to... You know, working with new clients and they'll be on there. Uh, and I do appreciate Kristen uh, trying to keep us in check with how to properly use the mark. Oh. What What is it? You have oh, to speak professional Professionals. Yeah. after CFP. Yeah. Look, here, I guess maybe here's a different point. Uh, I was a uh, pretty good financial advisor back in the day. Was never a CFP. Nope. Never CFP. Yeah. Um, and Kristen knows about everything. She's not a CFP. A lot of people on our team have designations. And that's CFP. So you don't need a CFP, but if you're really trying to shortcut the process, it's an interesting place to start. And if a person doesn't have a CFP, it doesn't mean they don't know what they're talking about. They just don't have a CFP. Um, Being a fiduciary, though, is certainly something that you want to look for. Um, All right. So it's with that. We're almost at the end of the show. Coming up after the break, uh, biggest waste of money of the week. It's always a popular segment. This one's weird. I don't know if it's good or it's bad, but it is certainly weird. All that's next on the Pizza Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Four seconds early. You know what that means, Kristen? More John Mellencamp. More Mellencamp for the people. Johnny Cougar for the people. <laughs> there's there's actually a fiduciary designation that you can get. At really? least they're Is using there the really? AIF, I think is what it's uh, what the initials are. AIF. Oh, uh, I've seen that. I never knew what it was. Uh, raconteur, by the way. A person who tells anecdotes in a skillful <laughs> and amusing way. There you go. Definition, Pete the Planner. I don't know about that. Wait, what is it again? Read it again. (laughs) Gosh darn it. Uh, A person who tells anecdotes in a skillful and amusing way. I am a raconteur. I know. I just said. I don't know. Fine. (laughs) I saw someone describe themselves as a raconteur, and I know this person. Not a raconteur. Oh, no. I never knew what I meant. How dare you talk about Neil that way? No, I, uh, you know what? Maybe he, that's, doesn't that sound like something he would say? <laughs> Holy moly. Uh, I sent, yeah, go ahead. AIF, the accredited investment fiduciary. AIF. All right, we got to get going. Sorry, I got a gig up in uh, the traffic country of the world. Uh, uh, never mind. I don't want to, you know, think of me. Anyway, uh, uh, start the thing here. Biggest waste of money of the week. Uh-huh. Okay, in three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is... I'm, I'm definitely stalling because I got to pull it up. <laughs> is the Scent Eldian Helmet Candle. 
Oh, I'm showing the price. Yeah, it's gonna be a pretty easy guess. No, Pete. no. Yes. Did you see the price? Yeah. Yes. Dang it. <laughs> Football and candles sound like an odd pair, yet this helmet candle proves they can go together. Man, I am so upset right now. I'm so happy. <laughs> I live another week. This detailed piece has stars on one side and stripes on the other, honoring the game as an American tradition. It measures nearly nine inches long and six inches high, weighs over five pounds. Right. I mean, Kristen, are you a candle person? Uh, I do have quite a few Bath and Body Works candles. Yeah. Is a five. That's why they're not going out of business. Is a five pound candle have. I mean, that's a big one, right? That's a big candle. It's made from natural coconut wax. Hand poured and crafted in London, UK. Each candle is unique and is best used as a display piece. Please uh, keep it away from direct sunlight. So here's it's two hundred and ninety five dollars for this helmet candle. I would have had you guess, but I I, I messed up when we had the meltdown earlier. That's what happened. Uh, the meltdown. Yeah. Um, here's my here's the strangest part. Why is an American football helmet candle made in the UK? Football over there is soccer. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody I don't cares. know. Uh, Two hundred ninety-five dollars for a candle. Jeremiah's got the best comment of the day, though. Burn no, one, no, one down. No, one down. We're not going to make fun of that. Oh, we're not doing is, that. Okay, we're not doing that one. All right, Dane. What's in the news this week, ladies and gentlemen of the audience? I would normally have passed over this story. However, after last week's uh, stock picking extravaganza for the end of the year, I feel obligated <laughs> to bring it back up. And let Pete and Kristen state their cases on whether or not this is a encouraging move for their pick. Uh, Tesla cut prices for some of its vehicles sold in the U.S. by nearly 20%, aiming to lure new buyers at a time Wall Street is concerned. Appetite for the car makers' vehicles is weakening. The cuts, which span Tesla's lineup, are likely to allow some buyers to qualify for a $7,500 U.S. government tax credit. Elon's car company slashed the price of its baseline Model Y crossover by almost 20% to just under 53 grand. And uh, the Model 3 is now uh, just under $54,000. So, Pete, does this news encourage you about your pick? I'm going to answer that question directly because I like how you've set this up, but I just wanted you to know that my next comments in no way reflect the idea that I'm happy that people will lose their jobs. This is circling the drain, baby. No, this is good news for me who chose Tesla as my, in, in an entertainment pick, do not follow our financial advice, <laughs> my loser of the year. So Kristen, what say you, because you are on the other side of this, you said, I think you believe Tesla's amazing. Something like that. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. That's exactly what I said. Um, it makes me nervous. I wish that Tesla could get out of the news a little bit for my stock pick. Um, I think it's fine. I'm not sweating yet. Dane, what do you think? You're you're the neutral party here. I am the neutral party here. Um, I, I, I think it makes me nervous for Kristen as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that it's a, a you know a harbinger of good things to come for Pete's uh, picks this year, but it, it does uh, raise some flags. You know what's weird about our? I was thinking about our stock picks again over the weekend. So Dame, you beat me two to one, right? You you beat me in two categories. I beat you in one. Yet coming away from that show a couple weeks ago, at least or whatever it was, it made me feel like. I got just absolutely killed. <laughs> yet, yet you, I only lost by one. I only lost because yeah. Elon bought Twitter. Well, yeah, and now Kristen's betting on that man. <laughs> no, that's not fair. Hand down, not- man down. Mama, <laughs> there goes that man. That's what she says. I don't know. All right, good next. According to the National Association of Realtors, the average mortgage down payment among first-time home buyers last year wasn't the conventional 20%. Of course it wasn't. Guessing game? Yes. What was it last year? Oh, who's By the way, it's never 20%. Yeah. Okay. For a conventional mortgage. Okay. Kristen, last year, 2022, what do you think the average down payment was? Oh, this is great. Because here's what, oh, first-time home purchases said? First-time home buyers. Okay. That's important. Five. I was going to say, do you want to go first or second? Oh, she first. answered that question. <laughs> okay. 
I, 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 I'll, I'll take the over. I'll take the over. And it's not the game we were playing, but you win because it was 6%. 6%. I knew it, I knew it was 6 I was going to say 6 but I didn't. So it made it seem like I didn't win. You know what? That doesn't bother me one way or the other because if depending on how it's creatively financed or you get like two loans or uh, that's a bother. And that's not surprising given how hot the market was, right? Mm-hmm. Not surprising. Now, going into this year, if people do that and then they get an arm, good to get ugly. Actually, an arm's good now. It wasn't good a couple years ago. Mm. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to talk big banks and their outlook uh, on uh, uh, the economy coming forward? Or do you want to no. talk eggs? Eggs. Eggs. I've got a great egg story for the week, too. Dump your flaxseed in aquafaba. You might be able to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you might be able to afford to bake with actual eggs again soon. <laughs> Egg prices are finally. Do you know started. what aquafaba is, Dane? I have no idea. It was just <laughs> a copy. Chickpeas. <laughs> aquafaba is, is like an egg white alternative. <laughs> okay. Egg prices are finally starting to come down. I'm trying to deliver good news. <laughs> Sorry. Dane would never. Oh, my. He would no. never own aquafaba. No. Isn't it like garbanzo? It's garbanzo bean juice. It's chickpeas. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dame, Thanks. I love that you said aquafaba. It was so off-brand. It was amazing. It was so good. I'm using that clip on Instagram. It's like me Please square continue. dancing. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Anyway, egg prices are coming down. Uh, they hit a record high average of $5.46 per dozen in December. Do you know, I don't talk about Mrs. Planner a lot on this podcast, but this week she blew two dozen eggs. And so Ted has a class project in which they need full eggshells that have nothing in them. So there's this way you can poke a hole, two holes in an egg, a bigger one, a little one, mm-hmm. and then you blow on the egg and it blows the yolk and everything out. So Ted was just going on and on about, mom, you're going to blow two dozen eggs. And so I came home <laughs> and there they are, two dozen blown eggs. What was, what was Ted doing? Uh, she had to do it when he was at school. I mean, I, it, Ted, Ted does not have the precision of one of the world's finest egg blowers like Mrs. Planner. Um, but yeah, who, to my surprise, that was the discourse when I got home. Does she have to look this up on YouTube? Um, I, you look up everything on YouTube. That's do you true. not? That's have true. you not? Did you not YouTube Aquafaba? No, I have no God. idea what it is. I was hoping I was pronouncing it right. I thought maybe you I pronounced were. it wrong. And, and that's what you were laughing at. Yeah, you know what? I was thinking like all the stories this week are about how expensive egg prices were. Mm-hmm. And we bought $15 worth of blown eggs this week. <laughs> Actually, they were unblown until unblown, we, yeah. they were, they, they were blown. You should like do Fine. French toast or something. I mean, you know what? I didn't have the heart to ask, what did we do with the egg innards? <laughs> After she oh, spent no. who knows how many hours. I feel so like that touch, would Pete. Let's call her on the air. <laughs> Actually, I did ask a question earlier. And I said, "What is a why is a blouse called a blouse?" And she sent me that Dave Chappelle clip from the Dave Chappelle <laughs> show that says, "Game blouses." That's the gif. So, anyway, Dan, what else is the news? Uh, IBM was not the company to receive the most U.S. patents last year for the first time since 1993. Wow. Samsung was. Oh. Uh, IBM came in at number two, but they were quick to explain that it was totally impossible. Yeah, intended, and they they meant to drop off the top of the list for the first time in three decades. No, okay. uh, it's like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, one of the greatest films ever. He falls off his bike and he pops up and he says, "I meant to do that." Uh, Kristen, that is your homework for the weekend, and to everyone else, I just simply send you good vibes because that is all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Aquafaba Experience. I can't believe you brought up Aquafaba, like, dude, that is incredible. <laughs> It's funny. I don't know. It's it's such an obscure thing. Well, thank, uh, thank goodness one of my newsletters is written by millennials in a big city. You got it. Um, all right, dude. That's what we got. Um, I got to go talk to the people. I'm trying to think, did I say anything in the show today that I'm going to regret? And then I go back to the egg blowing and I'm thinking, that may not. That may not go well. It's all right. 
it'll be totally overlooked. People have quit listening by that point most of the time. Yeah, that's good. That's good news. Uh, Kristen, I did get several supporters of yours after last week's show sending me pictures of Xerox paper. Oh, yeah. I mean, yep. Xerox did make paper. They did make paper. They did make the paper. Zero. No, they did make the paper. They did. Someone else they had their own. They it, had their own mills. Their brand. No, they had. They had had their own wrapper. Well, Somebody else that, made the paper. By that definition, no company makes anything. Their manufacturer does. Lululemon didn't make your ABC pants then. Wow, they are Aquafaba. They are James Lululemon pants. Have Dame and I hey. switched roles? No. <laughs> no. Dame, what's happened? To, you've spent way too much time with me. I know. <laughs> like I told you, I made a very big tactical error when I tried on a pair for some reason. I was bored. They're amazing. They're great. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's. Like, I got to go. Um, I like you both. One of you more than the other, Kristen. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. Thanks, Joe. Uh, I'm just kidding. Dame, I love you, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about your aquafaba and your Lululemon pants and your flaxseed right. and all the I, other things you got going on in your life. I, I'm here for the show. <laughs> okay. Have a good weekend, everybody. Uh, stay getting money.